For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And Ike, week 17 of the NFL season is wrapped up. We're on to the final week, week 18 of the NFL season. If you want to place a bet on the NFL action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Man, make sure everybody go to betonline.ag. I wind up placing a for real bet, Georgia. And I want me some money off of Georgia, man. People ain't think Georgia was going to win that much, but they wind up winning for the uh, semi-conference championship game. So go to betonline.ag. Make sure y'all place any bet, anytime, any sport, 365, 24-7. And, Ike, we'll be talking about that later in the week in terms of the college football uh, national championship between Georgia and Alabama. We'll be talking about that later this week. If you want to place a bet on the college football action, NFL action, they got NBA, NHL, head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, it feels good. Big Ben and the Steelers getting a win at Heinz Field and what is likely Ben Roethlisberger's final start in Pittsburgh. Feeling pretty good. On this Tuesday afternoon, Steelers getting the dub on Monday Night Football. First things first, Ike, how are you doing this afternoon, my man? Man, I'm doing good. Happy New Year's to everybody. Uh, glad to see you for the 2022. Uh, Pittsburgh got AW still putting themselves in a good position. Hopefully they can sneak in the playoffs if they beat the Baltimore Ravens. But at the same time, let's talk about that defense. We'll get further into it. Doing the show, Mark, with a defense with nine sacks. Big Ben, of course, we think it's his last you know, go around at home, Phil, he had a good game. You can just tell by the presence for for seven, man. They just wanted him to do whatever he wanted to do, whether he wanted to go for it on fourth down, um, whether he wanted to run or pass the ball. Let seven be seven. This is his day. This is his night. This is his time. You can just kind of see it in the air. It, it was a clear sky. The weather was nice. It wasn't overcast. Everything was just kind of set up perfect on TV, looking at it from afar for seven. And Ike, let's go right there, and I'll give the viewers and listeners a little bit of a roadmap, but you played with Ben Roethlisberger for years. You, you were teammates together from when he came into the league in 2004 until you retired in 2014. What would be your message to Big Ben after last night's win again and what is likely his final time playing at Heinz Field? Can't nobody play quarterback in that city and how they played it and how he played it in that city other than Big Ben. Um, and we talked about that as players. Uh, we, we, and I went against the Peyton Manners. I went against the Tom Brady's. 
I went against the Drew Brees, that's three Hall of Famers. I went against the uh, the Eli Mannings, that go another Hall of Fame. I, I went against the Tough Field of Rivers as well. But seven, playing hurt, you know, elbow, foot, knee, shoulder. Um, what happened to him when he got in that, that motorcycle accident, the car wreck, coming back the same year, a, a mouthful of dentures, uh, concussions, like, Seven, seven built to play football in Pittsburgh. And not too many people built to play football, especially quarterback in Pittsburgh. So he embraced the city, and the city is hardworking, blue-collar. Let me still bring my lunchbox to work. The city is, man, we don't do fancy cars. All we drive is pickup trucks and SUVs. The city has uh, got its own little unique Yenzer sound. You know, Primani brother kind of sandwiches when you get a sandwich and you just throw everything on that sandwich. You know, it's, it's a hard, it's a man we love all seasons of the year, but we especially love the wintertime. It's a different city, man. And Seven embrace, and he is that city. You know, that's that's what he brings to the table. He bring that grit. He bring that count me out if you want to watch what happened. Watch what I do mentality. And it's been a lot of times well, I didn't have the front row seat with seven, you know, like, oh, there goes somebody about to get the sack on him. And he'll just pull a Houdini because he was big and strong, wind up making the play. Like seven been doing that out the yeah. course of his career. Yeah. You know, uh, guys helping seven up off the ground, you think he might be down for the count. Little do you know, man, you got to take one. You got to take one playoff, then you're allowed to get back in the game. Now, 11, I mean, now seven back in the game, and he making the play, he winning the, win the game for us. Seven going to going to when we played <clears throat> when we played in that Super Bowl against the Arizona Arizona Cardinals when Larry Fitz was just breaking all kinds of Jerry Rice records and I was like man this dude gonna give me hell and what seven do on the last drive you can't throw a better play to San Antonio you can't throw a better ball to San Antonio Holmes in the back of the end zone fingertips I mean you got two defenders sitting for Arizona man they fingertips barely scratched the ball. And Ben only can put it in the place, only Ben can put it in the place at. And that was the back of the end zone to set Tony Holmes to win that Super Bowl. That's what Seven do. That's what Seven have done. You know, Seven just, he's a, he's a unique, he's a competitor. Seven was my shuffle boys, my shuffle boy part in the locker room. We won championships. We won, we won belts when it came. If you want to play Seven in the game of pickup basketball, he's going to smoke you. If you want to play seven in the game with Shuffle Boy, he's going to smoke you. If you want to play seven in the game of ping pong, he was going to smoke you. If you want to play seven in the game of pool, he was going to smoke you. Now, we get on there on that golf course, he's definitely going to smoke you. What, that's seven just tell me what something seven couldn't do. He just so happened to be a future Hall of Famer for the Pittsburgh Steelers, going, going to the Hall of Fame at the quarterback position. That's, that's, that's what seven was, man. Seven was just, you know, go all the way and drop a few people like him around where they just, well, he just give them to do pretty much whatever they want to do and be good at it. <laughs> be good at it. So, but yeah, that's seven, man. Seven, seven is seven is Pittsburgh. Seven is, I, I can name all <clears throat> I can name all the other, excuse me. I can name all the other all the other Hall of Fame that I played against. And a lot of props. Could none of them play in Pittsburgh, but seven. Did it his own unique way, improving his all-time record against the Browns, 26-3-1 in his playing career. 
all 18 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers of his NFL career, unless you count the Gotham Rogues from the Dark Knight Rises movie, which was used the Steelers in that movie. But I, the play I think of with big Ben Roethlisberger is the first Super Bowl run you went on the 2005 season. And I think back to the playoff game against the Colts where Jerome Bettis fumbles down on the goal line and it's Ben Roethlisberger having to make a tackle as a quarterback. How many other players, how many other quarterbacks would have been able to make that same exact play? So, yeah, you've got the, the 08 season and the Super Bowl that you had in 2009 against the Cardinals and that magical drive going down the field with San Antonio Holmes. But I also think about the tackle that he made to preserve the Steelers season for six seed to win a Super Bowl as well. That's the play that I think of. But getting to see him do it one final time at Heinz Field, it was really a special moment last night. It was great to see that he was swept up in the emotion. His family was there. What it meant to the current players on the team and former players that were also there. Heinz Field was terrific last night. Coach Tomlin even said as such after the fact. And I thought it was a fitting tribute for Big Ben Roethlisberger in, in, in a game where he throws the ball 43 times, only has 123 passing yards. But the Steelers able to get it done thanks to the effort of several of the other players, which we'll get into here on today's show. But I thought it was a fitting tribute because Ben Roethlisberger, in his 18 years in Pittsburgh, he did it in his own unique way. Yeah, he did. And he's supposed to because he deserved it, you know. Ben, ben has been playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a while now, you know, over 15 years. So the young man deserved to get whatever recognition he is. Like, you know, a lot of people texted me last night, man, they crying. Like, seven, seven going to be gone after this year. And I just told the man, walk into a life of football. <laughs> that's how it is. That's, <laughs> that's the business side of football, man. Yeah, as, as athletes, do you want to play forever? Yeah, but, you know. You know, in a professional sports, it wind up just being a young man's sport. But for Seven and what he have done, not only to the city, to the organization, not only the opportunities, the comebacks, the game-winning drives, the toughness to, the, to, to, to win Super Bowls and to win games. I myself personally, you know, Ike Taylor want to thank Big Ben for, for, for being as tough as he is, for making the plays he have made, for playing as long as he played. For, for for making it to the Hall of Fame. So now I get to now I get to say I play with another Hall of Fame, you know. And and seven is one of them. And I proudly say that. So there we go on that one. But congrats seven. Had a heck of a run, had a heck of a season, had a heck of a, a career. And uh even though I would never make the Hall of Fame, I would proudly say seven is another one of the guys who I've played with out the course of my career who has made or, or will be in the Hall of Fame first ballot. Absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt about that, Ike. And last night's game, first time in NFL history, a quarterback had more than 40 attempts and fewer than 150 yards and one. So again, talking about how Big Ben's doing it in his own unique way, 24, 46, 123 yards, a touchdown and an interception. And Ike, I know Big Ben's going to generate most of the storylines as well he should. But to me, the good news was this, Najee Harris Going for a career-high 188 yards, 181 after contact. And to me, it's evident he listens to the Believe in Steelers podcast because the last time we were on, Ike, you said, you said he needs to start going north and south. 181 out of his 188 yards after contact. He was terrific last night. I want to mention one other thing, too. We are now 16, 17 games into Najee Harris's career, headed into week 18. 
He is yet to fumble as an NFL player. He's had a tremendous rookie season, and I think he's only going to continue to get better and better as the offensive line continues to get better and better. That was on display on Monday night. Hey, shout out to Najee for the 188 piece when it came down to y'all, the career high, which is very impressive. But what I saw when we talked about, and you're right, they have been listening to our goddamn Believe in Still <laughs> podcast show because all we've been talking about is, Najee, if you just run north and south and stop going east and west, it's a lot of real estate out there for you if you can just get to it. And that's exactly what he did last night. He showed me a little bit of that Le'Veon Bell when it came down to the lateral movement before he hit the hole and, t- and take off. You know, he's just a Le'Veon Bell to me, but faster and bigger. That's how I looked at Najee last night. Like, uh, Le'Veon, when Le'Veon played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it wasn't a lot of lateral movement unless he was shuffling his feet. Then he'll burst and hit the hole. That's exactly what Najee did. Najee did the exact same thing, was patient, was patient, was patient. Burst hit the hole and took off when he needed to. But, yeah, that's the fastest way to get from point A to point B. Najee is a straight line, north and south, not east and west. And it paid off. Ike on Taylor Talk, we're going to break down his game-clinching touchdown run, which put the game away for the Steelers late in the fourth quarter. We'll talk about that in a bit uh, on Taylor Talk. Not, not quite there yet. A few other things we need to get to. Courtney, Courtney, <laughs> producer Courtney's rolling her eyes. We got to go to the defensive side of the ball too, though, Ike, because TJ Watt, and it, this is the third storyline we're getting to, might break Michael Strahan's single season sack record. And this is especially impressive considering he hasn't played in two games this season. In three other games that TJ Watt has played, he played fewer than 50% of the Steelers' defensive snaps. So what he's doing, one sack away from tying Michael Sam's record. I, I will argue this. I think T.J. Watt's having the most impressive season by an edge pass rusher in league history, given those caveats of he hasn't been 100%. He hasn't played in every game. The games that he has played, he has played not all you know the defensive snaps that he'd be able to if he were completely healthy. We are seeing one of the best single seasons from an edge rusher that we've seen in the history of the NFL. And like, this is the third thing that we're talking about here on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Watt's been incredible. Yeah, you meant Michael Strahan, not Michael Sam, but I get it. Use him thank you, guy. thank you. I understand what you're saying. But at, at, the, at, the, at the same time, I mean, a full piece when it comes to the sacks, come on, man. Like, TJ last night was playing out of his goddamn Mine, I think the defense had a total of nine sacks against Baker Mayfield. Yes, sir. Browns. So you got you got a defense and a, you got the defensive line and the linebackers getting a little piece for all starting with TJ Watt. And we seeing how close TJ Watt is. And TJ Watt missed a couple of games. And TJ Watt only been playing 50% of these last five or six games. TJ could have been on the 30 piece if he would have been playing for the long run. So that's just letting you know, yeah, our money and our value is worth it plus more. So I got a guy who has more sacks than anybody in the league who missed a few games, who haven't been playing every snap in these games, and he's about to break the sack record. (laughs) As the organization, I'm saying, man, my draft picks and my money is well invested. I'm getting nothing but return off my money. So I ain't really got to press and be aggressive with my money, man. My money just going to know what to do on his own. That's what T.J. White is. That's exactly what that young man is doing. To have four. To have four sacks in one game. <laughs> one is harder than the mother. And the reason why it's so hard, he was getting chipped. 
by running backs. He was getting chipped by tight ends. Sometimes he was getting double teamed by other offensive linemen. And guess what he did? He was getting a sack a quarter. Guys can't wait to get a sack a game. Last night against the Cleveland Browns, he got a sack a quarter. <laughs> That's how good T.J. Watt is. Shout out to T.J. Watt, man. I hope he breaks this Michael Strahan sack record and bring that thing home to the city of Pittsburgh because that's what we do. We sack quarterbacks, we eat them, and we spit them out. Yeah, they were hunting the quarterback, and it reminded me of Michael Strahan. Ike. First time a Steelers player has gotten four sacks in a game since Joey Porter 20 years ago, Ike, right. one of your former teammates. And it was the usual suspects for the Steelers. Cam Hayward played well up front, four, four tackles, a sack, a TFL, two quarterback hits, two pass breakups. How about Chris Boswell, too? Four field goals made and two extra points made as well. The usual suspects out on full display for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it wasn't just the four sacks with T.J. Watt either, though, Ike. Three tackles for a loss, five quarterback hits, and he made James Hudson the third's night a living hell. I, I, I don't want to throw Hudson under the bus because he's a rookie. Oh, hey, rookie, go up against the best edge rusher in the league, not just in the league, but maybe in the league of the last three or four years, and uh, <laughs> good luck. You're going one-on-one against him. Like, hey. Jack Conklin's normally there for the Browns, though. He didn't play in last night's game. That's my point. And you're a rookie going up against T.J. Watt, and you saw what happened in one-on-one matchups. Hey, that was that was that was Halloween for for the young man playing at the right right side tackle position, and that was a, a late Christmas present for T.J. Watt for the <laughs> Browns putting his ass in there to get to get his ass his issue. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Um, feel sorry for the young kid, but hey, when they throw you in the water like that, man. When they throw your water full of sharks, that's what happened. You got one big shark. He just so happened to be on your side, and he had himself a field game. So, so there you go. I don't care. We beat the Cleveland Browns. They shouldn't throw his ass up in there. They should have at least put a tight end on the side every time. I'm so happy for T.J. White getting them full sacks. I want to say one other thing, and we'll get to Taylor talk as well. From the Browns' standpoint, eliminated from the playoffs. They were eliminated going into Monday night. I see no reason to continue to play Baker Mayfield in Week 18. Shut him down. Let him have season-ending soldier surgery, a shoulder injury he's had since week two of the season. He had like 10 straight incompletions last night. I do credit the Steelers' defense, but something ain't right there. He said in the postgame he didn't understand why Hudson the third was matched up one-on-one as part of the game plan. As a quarterback, that's part of your responsibility to work with the offensive staff. There, there's some disconnect there. We'll see what happens in the offseason with Mayfield, but I see no reason – to play him in week 18 in a meaningless game. You're out of playoff contention, play a backup, start the surgery process early. If you're the Browns, that's, that's just my two cents worth from what I saw last night. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, man. Just on, on that side of the ball, man, get that man some help. You know, and this, this, this shouldn't even be a game plan. Like Baker really shouldn't be able to say that. So I wonder if Baker was saying that throughout the game, like, can we please give this rookie, some help. Don't y'all see what T.J. White is doing to me and him? So it's, I, I know Baker kind of frustrated, but it's just some things you don't say. And that's, yeah. and that's the frustrating part about Baker and being a professional. You don't talk about the training staff. You don't talk about what you think you should have done. You don't talk about a lot of things in, 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 the post, in the post-game press conference. It's some things you just don't talk about. You go back there, you tell your coaches, hey, man, let me speak to y'all. You go off on them. 
privately, quietly. You go off on the training staff, whoever the head training person is, privately, and you tell them how you feel, and you tell them in a, a manner which nobody feels disrespected. You don't say it out in the open. And I think that, that's what some of the, the Cleveland Browns, not only players, but even people in that facility and on staff, they're like, Baker, man, some things just got to be in-house, bro. It ain't for everybody to know what the hell going on at, at the house. So that's what it is. That's one of the few things I think Baker needs to work on is, is, is zipping up his mouth in a lot of cases on what goes on in that Cleveland Browns facility. I'm with you there 100%, Ike, and especially considering um, he held the ball. So I'm not going to just throw Hudson under the bus completely because Mayfield needs to understand, okay, Watts lined up over his right tackle. You're not going to have all day to throw as you would if you're going up against, say, just an average player. You're going up against an all-world player in TJ Watts. So that's not all on Hudson, the rookie. Quarterback's got to be able to help out his lineman in a tough spot there, a tough one-on-one assignment. So, you know, so there's disconnect there, and there's reason why the Browns aren't in the playoffs. Let's go to Taylor Talk, Ike. Video footage courtesy of NFL Game Pass. Minute left in the fourth quarter. Steelers leading 19-14. to And at the Cleveland Browns 37-yard line, Browns have an eight-man front here. And the Steelers turn to the rookie first-round draft pick, Najee Harris, on this play. Ike, what did you see here as the Steelers – handing the ball to Harris, and he bursts it for a 37-yard touchdown to seal the game. But what did you see here on this play? Yeah, so before we run a play, man, we call this an elephant package on defense, meaning all our big defense alignment because of the personnel size. On You know, you got an extra lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got two tight ends, and you got a big receiver. And Chase all sitting down on that line of scrimmage. So the mentality and the mindset is, y'all know what we about to do. Yeah, we do know what y'all about to do. We about to run the ball on your ass. That's exactly what we about to do. It's 32. We were, we've been listening to this Believe in Steelers podcast, and Ike and Mark been saying, okay, man, can y'all run the damn ball? So we're going to run the ball on your ass on this 32. We're getting to this personnel package, man, on, on both sides. It's an elephant package. When you think of elephant, even if you don't know football, you think of big. So it's the big boys on big boys. It's the mindset versus the mindset. It's, man, I'm going to get this first down. Hopefully you can stop. You, you won't stop me. And on the defensive side, it's like, man, I wish you would try to run this ball in our defense. But in this, this was a crucial play, and that's what I like about the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. It's bringing it back with the old school, man, smash mouth kind of football. And I'm glad seven wanted to go under center and let his little hot, you know, running, running stud and Najee run the ball because he was in the zone last night himself, you know. So if we can just run this play, and that's what I like about this play, man. It's it's getting back to that old school. It's getting back to, but we're going to pause it right here. And the reason why we're going to pause it right there, you see up top, you know, the, the other white. See, if we can, we're going to try to get all white brothers to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We got two. We're working on three. We got to have Caesar in the surgery, but we're going to see if we get them in the offseason. So y'all can just name us the Steelers White crew. <laughs> that's what, what we're going. Because like Coach C said, you can't have enough whites on your roster. But anyway, Getting back to 44, man, Watt, our fullback, he pulls, and this is what he does well. He blocks, and we call this a two-for-one. So it's one guy blocking two guys. And when I'm looking at Newsom, if, if if you just check it out from the top, Newsom always has to make the outside or inside linebacker right. So you always got to play at least two or three yards off of the inside or outside linebacker. So wherever he goes, you go opposite. So we call that gap sound. And what it seems like right now is the Cleveland Browns are not gap sound. You got two guys in one gaps, one gap, and that's Coach say that's a recipe for disaster. 
And this is exactly what's, what, what's going to happen. Now, what I do like a, about Najee and his patience and his running skills is he wasn't trying to bounce it to the outside. His mind wasn't made up already. He was like, man, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to see what I can find in the hole. And if I see a little crease, I'm going to hit it. That's exactly what he did. Now, for me, and coming off this play, that shuffle, shuffle, and his lateral movement not being so quick but very subtle, it reminded me of a Le'Veon Bell, Mark. When I saw him shuffle, shuffle, then he hit the hole, I said, man, that's a little that's a little piece out of Le'Veon Bell repertoire. He's just bigger, stronger, and faster than Le'Veon. That's what I see out of him. But once he hits this hole, and this is crucial, this is a third and two, and it's like you say, Mark, this kind of sealed the game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, Miss Courtney, can we let this play run? And as it runs to, it's not just Watt making the key block. It's off the edge is Harris breaks free, and he's blocking former first-round pick Jadavion Clowney. But like you said, Ike, both Jadavion Clowney and Greg Newsom the second, both first-round picks get Correct. caught in the wash because of the block by Derek Watt, which springs Najee Harris for the touchdown. We'll pause it again here. So I want I want to talk about this stride length, and I, I train people, and I always look at man, why are guys running running past and faster than everybody else? So if you can just look at Najee's stride length, his heels his heels ain't touched the ground. If you can just look at his stride, he got a nice Olympic stride when it comes down to running. Now, regardless of how fast you are, whether you're a little guy or a big guy. Once your heel hit the ground, you kind of start decelerating as a runner. But the fact Najee at his size, at his build, in the position he plays, has the stride. Not only has the stride, but his heels his, isn't hitting the ground as a runner. That's very impressive to me. So we like to call that as athletes that bounce. So he got that bounce when he hit the ground. So every time he hit the ground, man, he's gaining yards. He's opening his stride. And he's going to leave a lot of people in the dirt once he gets the ball rolling, once he gets into his rhythm. So – Man, shout out to Najee, the Pittsburgh Steelers. A great 37-yard run by Najee. I'm so glad he went north and stop, south and stopped going east and west. And we're getting back to that smash mouth Pittsburgh Steelers football. But, man, if you just look at – take take picture taking this picture. So every time you run and your heels don't hit the ground, you're gaining ground in a faster time. Yeah, I'm with you, Ike. Two 30-yard runs – by Harris tonight, and both were long runs for the Steelers this season. They hadn't had a run of at least 30 yards before these two plays, and they both came. I knew it was the Steelers' night when Najee had not one but two. And I'll tell you what, too, I know a lot of people said that, oh, Najee should have gone down. He should have gone down. How many fantasy football championships did this run swing? Because he got into the paint. He gets into the end zone and he scores six and puts the game away for the Steelers. Can't help but wonder if this had major fantasy football implications, the fact that he scored on this run. Man, I'm definitely not worried. As a player, I'm not worried about no fantasy football. I'm trying to, I'm trying to score the damn ball. Like I know in the offseason, man, the front office and the coaching staff, they're gonna try to, <laughs> they're gonna try to pick on everything I didn't do. So why the hell, man, I'm gonna go ahead and get these goddamn yards and I'm gonna get this touchdown. So when it's my time. To get this goddamn contract, man, that resume say a a thirty something touchdowns in three years, you know, uh, four thousand yards over four thousand yards and blase and blase. Yeah, this 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 I'm thinking as an athlete, I'm not I'm not getting down. I don't care nothing about that. I'm trying to build my damn resume. So when that contract time come, Mark, man, and I hand it over to my agent, and I'm gonna say, hey, baby, go get that bag. <laughs> he gonna be able to go get that bag, man. I'm definitely not. I'm definitely. Not nah, let that thing because Nick Chubb did the same thing a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Nick Chubb did the same thing. 
And we came on here and I said the same exact thing what I'm saying now. I'll be damned if I'm going to take a stat off my resume. And I know the front office, when it, com- when it comes down to get paid, they're going to use that against me. Hell See, no. this is why you got to pay your agent extra to say, you know, I purposely dropped that interception so we could get better field position. I can hear it at all. Hell no. Hell no. You don't pay your agent extra. It's only a three, it's only a three percent anyway. And actually, I'm trying to get down to 1.5 later on in my career. That's what I was getting to 1.5. Like, y'all can be my agent, but they got to be at the 1.5, man. I'm definitely not giving y'all three percent. Some savvy advice from a 12-year NFL veteran. Ike, we will move on. Antonio Brown's outburst. It looks like he will now no longer be a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was trying to rack my brain to think of if I've ever seen anything like this. There was that cornerback, Davis, I want to say he played for the Miami Dolphins a few years ago. Ended up just like quitting at halftime. But I've never seen something quite like this where – In the middle of a game, a player just has an absolute outburst, takes his pads off and leaves the field. He was trying to fire up the Jets crowd, doing like jumping jacks in the end zone. Um, Let me just start start here, Ike. What would you tell Antonio Brown, your former teammate, after what happened? So it's a kicker to the story. And I talked with a good friend last night with this. Um. And I've been knowing Antonio Brown, and he's been doing a lot of crazy stuff on and off the field. That's just A.B. Um, A.B. is going to be A.B. A.B. is going to always, regardless on who 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 you bring around him, he's going to always gonna let you know, man, I'm going to do what I want to do regardless. I don't care who's in or out my corner. That's just me. But A, I've been knowing A.B. for a long time, and he always had ankle and bad feet problems, always. Now, from what I was told, I was told that A.B. not only um, really could have sat the last two games out and he was only playing because the team needed him in this situation. Hopefully they can put themselves at that number one seed. He said, F it, man, I'm going to rock rock with my teammates. So the fact that he knew he had three possible um, topics to get three different kind of incentives, uh, three three times um, to to hit a little bit over a million dollars. He, he, he did know that. So the fact that he, he came in that to the situation and it was a close ball game and it wasn't doing too well against the New York Jets, I understand all that. But the man said his foot was hurt. He said he couldn't go. He said going, he said run and go route, see for run and go route, but when it comes down to playing that, sticking his foot in the ground and getting lateral left to right, it, it, was, it was really bothering him. And they didn't want to hear that. They said, now nah, you're going to get your butt back in the game. He said, Coach, I understand my incentives, but right now this ain't about my incentives. I'd rather not keep re-injuring my foot than go back in this game, man, and do what y'all want me to do. And then and then I'm out. I'm out for the playoffs. Let me get this rest. Help my incentives. We got enough guys who can get us to where we need to go. Now you need to get your butt back in the game. So as much as I want to blame A.B., the story that I got, and what I heard, I can't. I can't even go that route. Because when somebody say they're injured, they shouldn't be forced to go back in the game. When somebody know they, that, that, they're, they, that they're that close to getting one of their incentives and they don't care nothing about that because, man, they really are hurt, they should go back in the game. He knew. 
He really, he didn't care nothing about his incentives at that time. That's why he. That's why he flipped out. He flipped out because he's hurt. Yeah, so, and I yeah. let me hop, let me hop in really quickly here uh-huh. to let me get those incentives just so our viewers and listeners know about this. So he needed eight more catches to unlock a three hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollar bonus. Same amount if he had fifty-five yards of receiving. And then he needed one more touchdown. Again, three bonuses worth $333,333. So about a million dollars. So those are the incentives that you're mentioning. Also important for our viewers and listeners to know that the Bucs are without Chris Godwin for, uh, for the rest of the season with the season-ending knee injury. So yeah, you've got Mike Evans there. Yeah, you've got Gronk and the tight ends with the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers are not at full strength at wide receiver considering Godwin is not going to play the rest of the season. You need a B good, bad, and different, whether you, you like him or you hate him. He's an asset to this Buccaneers team and the, the Buccaneers don't win a Super Bowl without his talents and without his abilities a season ago. And that's what he brought to the table with the relationship that he has with Tom Brady. So this is a Buccaneers team trying to repeat as Super Bowl champions trying to get home field advantage in the playoffs, but there's clearly a disconnect there. I, from what you're telling me and the information that you have of if he was healthy enough to go. And if he wasn't the communication with that, and you know, that's what led to the outburst. I've, I've never seen anything like it. It was just absolutely bizarre because, you know, if he was hurt or if he was happy, uh, unhappy being benched, whatever the narrative was, you know, you've got to at least be there for your teammates. And that clearly didn't happen. He walks off and it looks like he's not going to be a member of this team. Now, I don't want to just immediately turn to mental health either, because I I, I personally don't know. I don't know Antonio Brown, but if that is a factor in here too, to where he needs help too, I I can't help but wonder. And I know there was some, there was a report that surfaced on Monday saying the Buccaneers couldn't just outright cut him. So I hope he's getting the help that he needs, but more so than anything as a football fan, seeing Antonio Brown play the receiver position when he's at the best of his abilities, he's as good as there is in this league. And we're being robbed of not being able to see that if he's not out on a football field. Now, if he's had ankle injuries, I know earlier this season, he got caught lying about his vaccination card too. Um, It's as simple as this in the league. You will be employed and, and really in life, you will be employed so as long as the abilities that you bring to the table surpass or exceed any problems that you bring to the table. Buccaneers might not feel that way, and you cannot abandon your teammates in that scenario, even if you're being forced to go on the field. Um, there, there's a disconnect there. There's a disconnect there, and um, I, I, hope, I just hope we get to see him in an NFL uniform again. I, I really do, because in terms of his on-field ability, he, he's a great receiver. I doubt it. That was the last time we saw yep. a NFL uniform. And I, I said it when I saw it. I said that was his last run in the NFL. That's that's just what it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're going to put over so much. And regardless of whether it goes your way or not, man, You, as a teammate, man, I still want you to rock with me. Because you did see a Mike Evans. You did see a few other guys try to keep A.B. on the field from blowing up and, and leaving it and walking off. Um, so the truth will come out on exactly what was said on the field. If the coaches told him, man, leave, you're not getting back in the game. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to leave, but I'm going to take it to a whole nother level. I'm, I'm going to leave and I'm going to take everything off and not ever come back since y'all want to act this way. So give it a couple of days, probably by the day, 
tomorrow everybody had a full story on what's going on. My personal opinion. But at the same time, as a teammate, bro, sometimes you got you just got to eat it. We just talked about Baker Mayfield and him exploiting too much on what's going on inside that Cleveland Brown facility. Mm-hmm. Same way, AB. Hey, bro, stop acting like when it when it's not going your way, you got to show out. <laughs> because life ain't like that, you know, and you should know better. But obviously, man, this outburst isn't good. I think AB didn't had too many chances in the NFL. Um, and I think people just tired of it because it's, it's a lot of behind the scenes things that was probably going on that we don't even know about. He just showed us, he just showed us, you know, live in person. This is exactly how he acted who he is. And the perception, like I've got time, I've got a timeline of all the different times of events dating back to December of 2018, when he reportedly threw a ball at a teammate while he was still a member of the Steelers and everything that happened from you know, move it. The Steelers moving on from him, trading him to the Raiders, the short stint he had with the Raiders. Um, you know, you're talking about accusations of sexual assault. You've got uh, sexual misconduct, um, charged with felony burglary with battery, two misdemeanors, um, you know, getting suspended for eight games for the uh, NFL's personal conduct policy, you know, signing with the Buccaneers last year, the vaccination card, like there's so much stuff. So it goes back to, it's as simple as this. You will be employed in the NFL. So long as your talent and ability surpasses any problems you bring to the table. And to me, it's that simple with, with Antonio Brown. I, I hope he can get right. But like you said, I, I don't know if he'll be able to, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. It's a, it's a wrap on playing in the NFL. Hopefully AB did his mind right. And, and, and I, and I, and I know he's real close with Uncle Prime, Deion Sanders. So Prime probably reach out to him, give him a call, and probably take it from there. And hopefully AB will listen to him. But as far as like NFL, it's a wrap. My personal opinion, it's a wrap, bro. That's 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 too many chances in a short amount of time. You know, damn near you go from you go to three teams in two years. And it's and it, and it's always a repeat something. A repeat not doing this, a repeat not doing that. Oh, repeat not doing this. Oh, repeat not doing that. Now nah, it, it ain't gonna work, bro. My personal opinion: these uh these coaches and these GMs and these and these owners they they tired, bro. So and the only reason why I think personally he was really back was because of Tom Brady and he vouched for him. If it wasn't for Tom, he wouldn't have been a Tampa Bay Buck Buccaneer anyway. That's that's just what it is. So and Tom had that kind of clout and pull. And Tom said, "Man, I keep him under wraps." So I'm telling y'all as an organization, I got him. And they said, okay, Tom, if you're giving us your word, cool. But after what happened <clears throat> yesterday, and, you know, Tom is the ultimate teammate, and Tom usually don't vouch for nothing <laughs> but himself, you know? And that's just by the work he put well, on the f- And so, Gronk, and Gronk, but yes. Gronk as well, but, hell, even Gronk knew how good A.B. was and how Tom was mm-hmm. getting on a close relationship. You don't stay in somebody's house because they don't F with you. You stay in somebody's crib because they really do care. I'm not going to invite any and everybody to my house. Really, I don't really invite nobody to my house. So the fact that he stayed with, with Tom for a stint, with his family for a stint, he was trying to show the organization, I told y'all I got A.B. So it, for A.B., regardless of whether it went his way or not, for him to act out like that, it's kind of time is very disappointing. And I'm sure time is very sad. Like, damn, bro. Like, I tried. I really, I really tried. And these people... You know, now, now they're looking at time like, man, I told you. That's how they're looking at time like, man, I told you. Oh, you thought he was your homeboy. So 
hopefully AB gets some help ASAP soon. Hopefully he acknowledge he needs some help ASAP soon. Because to see talent go in this fashion, just, just the way it's been going, it's crazy. Because I knew from the time he stepped onto the field, he was a Hall of Famer when I went against him. That's it, man. This, this dude, this dude, because I'm looking at Mike Wallace, Antonio Holmes. You've seen them all like, yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the three, because they, they used to call each other the Lamborghini boys, the Bugatti boys. That's what they used to call each other. So all the Bugatti boys, you already know, 84 had the juice. He was the one. And, and you know, Mike Wallace would run past you whenever he wanted to. He had the V18 engine. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, he was tough as nails. He'll come down and smack a linebacker or a defensive end anytime he wanted to at a, at 170 pounds. And you had A.B. All he did was make big plays. And that started in practice, in training camp. Like, you could throw the ball to either one of those three guys who was making all the big plays. It was A.B. Who was the best polished receiver? It was A.B. Who had the best hands? It was A.B. It was A.B. I remember clearly, you know, and, and I just hate to see this dude go to waste, his talent go to waste, man. They called me. They was like, who's our best receiver out of three? I said, A.B. Front, front office and the coaching staff called me. said, who our best receiver? I said, A.B. our best receiver, bro. I'm telling y'all. They said, are you serious? I said, I go against the man every goddamn day. I go against all three of them every day. At some point in time during practice, he's our best receiver. Guarantee, and this one he was on the scout team, and he wasn't even playing. Then they put him on the special teams, so they put him on the special special teams. Then now, then after that, he started getting them quick noun passes. Okay, we'll put him in a few plays out the game, and we'll get the ball to him quick on these wide receivers. Crazy, he started taking them things to the house. So now, now I'm looking at them. I'm looking at them like I told you. <laughs> I told you. So it's just sad to see what's going on with A.B., yeah. man. A lot of prayers to A.B., man. Hopefully he get his mind right. But, yeah, that outburst, ain't, it, it, ain't, it ain't looking good, and I think it's a wrap. I'm with you, Ike. The IT and NB collaboration rolls on. Other Week 17 observations. And the Bucks rallied to beat the Jets, even though they were down two scores, Ike. I thought this was weird, and I'm going to go on my old man perch here. Brandon Eccles intercepts Tom Brady oh. in this game which is great. But after the game, asking for Tom Brady's autograph, I understand he's the GOAT. I understand all the Super Bowls he's won. I understand all that. But you're competing against the man. I understand the Jets are eliminated from the playoffs and everything. And I I know you intercepted Tom Brady many moons ago. But, like, we're now at an age where you ask for the man's autograph whose brains you're trying to beat in, you know, an hour before – I just thought it was really strange, Ike, and like the competitor in me would want to be like, I want to be a peer with Tom Brady. I understand he's in a different stratosphere with all the Super Bowl rings. I get it. But this was just, it was weird to me. It was weird to me. Maybe I'm getting old, but I had to say something. But Mark, you ain't ain't even old, though. You young as hell. I, I know, but it's just like, I'm like, you're competing. Like, I feel like a generation ago of football players, we would never see this. Listen. I feel what the young man doing. How many times you seen a unicorn? That's Tom Brady. The man is a goddamn unicorn, man. So you got, if I'm in that young man position, I for sure too would, hey, Tom, I know we playing each other. And bro, 
I got a feeling you're going to come back and you're going to smack our ass. But listen, <laughs> after this game, <laughs> I need I need a jersey. So give me a cleat or something, man. A cleat, a glove, a size. Give me something, man. Man, Tom Brady is a, is a unicorn. Think of all the guys. He going up against A.B. A.B. going to the Hall of Fame, but he ain't no unicorn. <laughs> he ain't no unicorn. Man, we talking about a whole unicorn. We talking about a guy who damn near older than Man, my career is older than you. My career is older than you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How yeah, old are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm 23 years old. Okay, my career is 20. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, but, well, it, I too, it's like, who am I to say? It's like, I never played it down in the league. But it's, again, no, I think no, of I, like I, I all the old. But Mark, you got to understand, Tom is a unicorn, bro. He is all the way the Hall of Famers. I had to get something signed from Jerry Rice when he was with the Raiders. I said, oh, hell, before the game, he was doing his warm-ups, and I was doing warm-ups. I said, oh, I'll be goddamn if I let him just walk off the field and me not get nothing from him. And I had to check him. I said, oh, hell no. I got from the great Jerry Rice. Let me get that jersey, baby. Let your boy go on and get that jersey because I, I need it. I, mean, I I seen you when I was small. I seen you when I was itty bitty. When I was a snotty nose, I seen you put in some work. And now I get to go. Now I get to go go against you. Oh yeah, let me get that. Oh yeah, let me get that. Let me get that. As a matter of fact, let me get a picture. Matter of fact, let me get six pictures. Every time you go past me, that's a damn picture. Every time we win one more, that's a picture. <laughs> let me get a goddamn picture. Let me get the cleats. <laughs> let me get the socks. I didn't everything but the drums. That's your right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a unicorn right now. I ain't lying to you, bro. Oh my gosh. For real. They don't come around often, bro. Them Jerry Rices and them and them uh Daryl Greens who played 20 years and and Tom Brady's them unicorns. My career see. is older than you are. That's amazing. But yeah, that's what we at with it, bro. I get I understand these young kids because I did it. I once did it. Okay. And thank you for explaining this to me. And again, it's just like, we'll move on. Jamar Chase, uh, I, I love this because I could point to leading the league in receiving yards as a rookie a year after his teammate, Justin Jefferson, did the same thing. I could point to the 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns. But what I loved most on one of his touchdowns, two plays before, Traverius Ward, the Chiefs cornerback, a fine player, breaks it up and starts busting out the gritty in the end zone. And then two, two plays later, Jamar Chase gets the last laugh, catches the ball in the end zone and, and, and starts doing the dance on Ward, who had done that to him two plays before. I love the gamesmanship of that. Like Jamar Chase playing at another level, a Pro Bowl player as a rookie for the Bengals. Bengals win the AFC North division. I know we debated it at the start of the season. Should the Bengals have picked to him with the fifth overall pick? <laughs> Told you. We were idiots. We were idiots. Man, me, I was an idiot. Hey, bro. I already saw it. Like this, this new generation, and this is what they're doing. If you're a GM, you can you can look at what Jalen Hurts and what they're doing over there in Philly. They getting some of his old colleagues. You can see you can see what they're doing in, in, in with the Bengals. They're getting their old colleagues and teammates. It just so happened that Jamar Chase was going to be a first rounder. Joe Burrow wound up putting himself to be a first rounder in that draft, and they wind up get going to the same team 
So the chemistry between them two are like no other because they played college football together and now they're playing NFL football together. So, dang, man, we ain't got to go through a training camp or you don't have to come from a whole nother college for us to get on the same page. We've been on the same page for the past three years at the University of LSU. That's how you look at it. So when you look at Jamar Chase, who sat out, people forgot Jamar Chase sat out that year of college. He ain't even played. So the fact that he didn't play, he sat out, he wound up going top, whatever, in the NFL. He wound up number going five. To yep. Number five to they call it, I call him Joe Cool. They call that man Jackpot Joe. What a hell of a goddamn nickname. Jackpot Joe. You know what I'm saying? So you got Jackpot Joe, then you got another Jamar Chase, then you got T. Higgins, then you got Tyler Boyd, and you got Mixon. Mixon been saying this from the we saw this from the dope. Mixon said, man, I got offensive line. And we're going to be physical and we're going to be running the ball down a lot of people's throats. But we got some guys on the outside that's going to give a lot of secondary guys hell. And the reason why, because Jackpot Joe, then you got Jackpot Joe. He's doing these press conferences after the game. And he's talking about, you know what, man, when I'm in doubt, they got a meme out on social media. When you're in doubt, you just say F it and you just throw it to Jamar Chase side and he'll come down. Throw it up. Throw it up. Bro, you can't script how cool and calm this team is. And it's all over Jackpot Joe. Jackpot Joe got these boys feeling and believing they can beat and play whoever, whenever they want to, and smoke them. That's exactly what he was doing. That's exactly, as us analysts, Mark, that's what we wanted to see. How are you going to respond and play against a former Super Bowl leading team and they also have a few receivers and a quarterback can do the same thing y'all are doing. Cincinnati, as a young squad, what can y'all do in this situation? And you know what they did? <laughs> they said, man, we we so glad y'all asked. <laughs> we couldn't wait for y'all to ask us. Y'all watch this and see what happened. <laughs> this is actually what they did. Young, confident studs. And it all starts off with jackpot. Joe, Mark, they're just a fun team to watch, a fun team to watch. And it's just the person, it's the person that, like, Joe does nothing extravagant when he scores. To It's just his demeanor walking. Like, Jamar Chase don't do nothing extravagant. He catches the ball extravagant. Man, you saw on that third and 27, Jamar Chase caught the ball, and he just had that thing with one arm falling down with no ball security because he knew that ball won't go nowhere. It's like, what the hell? So y'all do – oh, so you doing what you do in practice. You catch the ball like this in practice. You just showing the people real live, real live TV. This is what you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to watch, bro. The NFL, the NFL with these young quarterbacks, Justin Herberts, the Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows, um, the Lamar Jacksons, um, who else we got? Kyler. I threw Kyler in there. He's fun. Kyler, the Derek, man. Man, when when Tom want to hang it up, the Patrick Mahomes. When Tom want to hang it up, man, when it's all said and done, even Aaron Rodgers, whenever he want to hang it up, he, he can hang it up goddamn five years from now because how he play, like he can play another five years. But, man, you're talking about the league and good company, and it's going to be exciting to see all them seven, eight quarterbacks I just said. Young quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. Man, it's we're in good hands. The NFL is in good hands, man. 
want to give a brief note about the Packers before we sign off here. I can tease ahead for Steelers and Ravens in week 18. Rodgers is now the favorite to win NFL MVP, but I want to give a compliment to his head coach, Matt LaFleur. 39-9 and nine in his first three seasons has more wins than any coach in NFL history in his first three seasons. And for the crowd that says, well, he's got Aaron Rodgers. The Packers, before LaFleur's arrival, were 24-23-1 and in their last 48 games. Insert Matt LaFleur and the Packers haven't looked back. I would love to see Rodgers in the black and gold in the 2022 season, Ike. But the way that it's trending right now, and if the Packers go on a Super Bowl run, I don't know if it would make sense for Rodgers to leave Green Bay because they've been playing extremely great football this season and I think there's good odds he wins MVP for the second consecutive season in a row at this point. Yeah, he don't need to go nowhere. AR-12, stay your ass right there. Because the defense, yeah. the Packers' defense is better than the Pittsburgh defense right now. When it comes down to corner safeties inside, other than, other than you know, the two D tackles and probably the outside linebacker, um, T.J. Watt is hard to replace T.J. Watt. But to, like just like overall in general, you, you, the Packers defense, because the Pittsburgh Steelers, we still have trouble stopping the run, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's just what it is. And they got a good one-two punch between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones sitting back there for Green Bay. You know, and Aaron still hasn't woken up yet. He still understands how important the run game is. He's been hand- – now, he passes the ball when he needs to, but he truly understands how important this run game is, and, he, and he's using that to his maximum ability. And Coach LaFleur, I mean, come on, bro. To 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 really, to really yeah. he, he he's young, he's a young coach and he kind of had to fight Aaron Rodgers at first. And what I mean by fight, I ain't talking about physically. I'm talking about the alpha male dominance kind of fight. But Coach LaFleur kind of came in like a like a nurturer. Like Aaron Please don't get it twisted. I am the head coach, and you won't disrespect me, but I definitely won't disrespect you. You're a legend. But this is how we're going to do it, and you're going to have to buy into this. And that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers did. But it's not only that. It's how they draft and what they was drafting, what they're building around each other. Like, quietly, the the, the Green Bay Packers, uh, not only with the Green Bay and what Cleveland has done with their draft picks, and the Dallas Cowboys, what they done with their draft picks, but Green Bay, man, they making some noise when it comes down to drafting. You know, they don't go too far when it comes down to the free agents. They they like to go in-house and build from that draft, and that's exactly what they're doing. So you're 100% right on the floor. Man, crown that man. Crown Absolute, him. Absolutely. I can, next week, we'll talk more about who should win what NFL award? I think LaFleur is going to be up for coach of the year. I'd personally give it to Mike Frabel, but we'll talk about that next week. Now, teasing ahead to Friday's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast, quick roadmap for the Steelers to make the playoffs. Have to beat the, Re- the Ravens on the road in week 18. Jaguars need to beat the Colts. That's going to be a tough task considering the Colts are about a 15-point favorite. And also, there needs to be no tie between the Chargers and the Raiders Ravens open up as a five-point favorite against the Steelers, Ike, but later this week we're going to have a full breakdown of everything that the Steelers fans need to know heading into Week 18 against their bitter, bitter AFC North Division rivals in the Baltimore Ravens.
Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to it, man. But, you know, Pittsburgh always find a way to beat the Baltimore Ravens. That's what they've been doing. So we'll get in depth on the next one. Ike, you're the absolute best. I want to give a shout out to the folks over at the Believe Podcast Network, the crew at Brinks TV, led by John Vargas, Courtney, or excuse me, John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, and Herbert Diaz. I confused the last names there as we continue on. Uh, BetOnline.ag, and to you, the listeners and the viewers of the Believe It's Do This podcast, thank you for tuning in. Man, I want to appreciate the whole family. So everybody you just named, man, they family. From BetOnline.ag, from Brinks TV, um, from the Believe It's Still the podcast, just the whole, just the whole nine, man. Appreciate family. Teamwork made a dream work, and y'all always been rocking with us and keeping Mark and I looking fresh. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe It Steelers podcast. We will see you again on Friday to preview Steelers and Ravens week 18. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.